Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Seven Land presents Paralyzed. Chapter 19 Vacancy Part 2 Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Where are we going? To Spokane. Do you think she's still there? I don't know. We'll meet up with Gary, see what he says. Gary was Hal's private investigator. The one who had been following Roland around until Hal could get to me. But something didn't sit right with me. You said that you've been tailing Roland for a while now. Gary has. Right, but you hired him. For how long? He's been working on it for months. What? How'd you find her? You, actually. I gave him several names. So you knew about the cruise ship? Yeah. How? From dreams. Nightmares. What? You saw it? Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, I didn't realize right away. But when I did some research, I saw your interviews. Like Roland? Apparently. Oh, shit. Now I recognize you. You're that guy. That guy that showed up to my house a year ago. You... You look different. <laughs> I've uh, lost a bit more hair. This guy had actually come around and asked about me. Mom turned him away because she thought he was just another reporter. I mean, so did I. But like with Roland, I went out to see for myself. He never said much. It's just that he was doing some follow-up or something. Then he climbed in his car and drove off. What happened after that? After you turned me away? You left in a hurry. I just needed to see. See what? If uh, you were alright. Did you know this would happen? No. It was around the time I learned of the ship disaster. And I knew you were the survivor. That doesn't explain why my family was killed. No, it doesn't. Or how you came to find me last night. People who survive these situations, they, uh, they're watched. By the entity? Uh, the entity watches over, um, 
I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry. This isn't easy to explain. Okay, but those people who attacked me and my family are real, right? Yes. And for some reason, they want Roland. I came to you because I couldn't get to Julia in time. So they killed her. I thought she killed herself. The entity killed her. None of this makes sense. Those guys that attacked you and your family, they did it for a purpose. For the entity? That, I am not entirely sure. But we can't trust the cops. No. I have to tell them I'm not dead, though. I have other family that will worry about me, and and my friend Tiffany. I have to let her know I'm okay. Please. Okay. And the next door neighbor couldn't hear anything prior? Nothing until Dwyer left the house. And he attacked him? Well, Fitz approached Dwyer when he came outside. And that's when Dwyer tried to hit him over the head with a shovel. There was no try. He did it. But Larry Fitz is a big man. Took the hit, but was able to fight him off. Dwyer chased Fitz into his home, but was unable to do anything when Fitz got to his magnum. Killed him right there at the end of the dining room. By the back door. I read through some reports. Then you know how it turned out. Were there any claims of, uh... Were there any claims of creatures? Creatures? Creatures. Monsters. Did Steven suffer from sleep paralysis, uh, sleepwalking, night... Listen, how would I know that? The only thing I know is that they did an autopsy and found a cocktail of drugs in his system. And no, no one ever mentioned any... Creatures. And there were no other witnesses? None. Now what's the FBI want with this case? You read about the Laden Falls thing in Massachusetts? Guy who shot up some people in town, hung the people in the woods, gutted them? Yeah, I read about that. Think there are any similarities? To what? The Dwyer case? (laughs) Hell no. This dude Dwyer was always a little out there. Dover is a smaller town. We know each other here. My kids played with his kids at school. His wife worked at the mark down the street. She was a little weird, too. The whole family was. I don't see how you could draw any conclusions that would link it to that mass case. Especially because, well... What? Dwyer's dead. And so's that kid, right? Police shot him, is what I heard. You heard right. Then, how could the murders be linked? Right. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. Thanks. Well, I wasn't certain, but it seems Stephen D. in Sefton's notebook was a red herring. Not that it was much of a shock. Who was trust anyway? Just the writer who went crazy? The way he killed his daughter and neighbors was somewhat similar, and there were some mentions of alcohol abuse. 
The thing that set Sefton apart was the fact that he talked about his nightmares. The fact that he rambled on, even to his neighbors, before he was ultimately killed. Also, there was the notebook. This whole thing was hurting my head. Okay, screw it. I need a drink. Jake, pick up the damn phone. Ugh, come on, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, I see it. What the fuck? You tell me. I spun around to face the TV where the news was showing images of a smashed and charcoaled car bent around the front of a train. Metal debris littered an open field behind the disaster. All her stuff was in there. I know. They were throwing out names, trust, Sefton, April Law. You know how bad this could be? You don't think she would keep anything on us, do you? Her phone, Ray. Did they say they found a phone? No, but they did find a laptop. What's on it? Pictures of Alaska. What pictures? I took pictures of the bodies before we left. Wait, and the trees? That's right. Oh, shit. They're on the computer? I uploaded them before I left back to D.C. I told you something was wrong when she called me. How does that happen? She said the car wouldn't start. Fuck that, she was high. Actually, she was drunk. Fuck, Ray. Fuck! Well, where the hell have you been? I've been calling. Sorry, but I've been busy. Called Braun, called the sheriff in Dover to ask about Dwyer. Been looking into this shit. And? What and? Who gives a shit now, right? We're fucked. You know that for sure? It's only a matter of time. Did they look at the laptop? Not that I know of, but fuck when they do, they're gonna know she went north and then it's only a matter of time till they find out I'm involved. Unless they're unable to recover the data, a lot of that stuff was destroyed. Not enough of it. Let's just hope she still has a phone on her. So, what do we do now? I don't know, Ray. I really don't. She needs to call us. She needs to call you. We need to find out what happened and we need to make sure nothing happens to her. I'm worried about her. Maybe I should fly out. It's not gonna help. You don't know where to look. So? I can't just sit here. We have to do something. What can we do at this point? Nothing. Torvin Robards will pick it up once they find out it was her car. They'll fly out there and start investigating, and if they find her, we should out of luck. That doesn't answer my question, Jake. What do we do now? We drop this shit. Cross our fingers and hope that Roland gets in touch soon. That's what we do.
My head was throbbing, and my back hurt for some reason. I looked over the edge of the bed to see the needle embedded in the carpet, sticking almost straight up. Fuck. I thought we just smoked the shit. Whoa, can't have that lying around, right? Emmett, the fat-bearded truck driver, walked over to the bed, bent down, picked up the needle and smiled. How you feeling, girl? Fine. Look a little better than you did yesterday. Thanks. What time is it? It still looked pretty dark outside. Five. Got a lot of driving ahead. Jesus. I sat up and rubbed my head. I noticed some dry blood in the crevice of my arm where the needle had been. I licked my thumb and rubbed it clean. Hey, uh, so, gotta get back on the road. Time is money. Oh? You would think you'd be okay here? I mean, maybe you can call AAA or something, huh? Emmett was now standing by the front door, his hand resting on the handle. Check out HL11. You'll be fine, won't you? Just go. Take care. I was extremely thirsty. I got up, grabbed a glass off the counter by the TV, and went to the sink. The bags under my eyes were dark purple. I lightly touched them, staring at myself in the mirror, and was wondering what the actual fuck was wrong with me. What are you doing, Roland? You're in deep shit, and completely falling apart. I needed to call Ray, or Jake. I needed to tell them what happened. I had no money. I didn't have a gun. I lost all my research. Everything. But thinking about everything made me exhausted. So instead, I crawled back into bed and closed my eyes. Good idea, Roland. I could feel Kent's presence looming over me, but I didn't open my eyes. Not now. I needed more rest. Not now. to the door opening. A woman who appeared to be in her mid-forties peeked inside. Hi. Room service? Sorry. Sorry. It's past eleven. Oh. I didn't realize. It's okay. But we have to clean the room now. Right. I sat on the bed, half-naked. I quickly dressed. As I put on my shoes, I watched the woman out of the corner of my eye. She had short black hair and a mole to the side of her nose. She seemed uncomfortable waiting for me, as if she was nervous I would throw a fit she was kicking me out. Are you staying another night? No, I'm... uh, I'm not. Is there a phone I could use? There are no payphones around here, but you could try the front office. Okay. Oh, do you have any bags? No, nothing. I brushed past the woman with a confused look on her face. The sun was up, not a cloud in the sky. The air was crisp and cool. I shivered once, then looked for the office. 
The motel was a one-story, U-shaped building, but pretty small. Maybe 14 rooms total? I walked to the end of the building. On the corner, there was a sign that said Main Office and Vacancy. I took a right and went inside. Hello? No one was inside. Hello? Yes, can I help you? Yes, uh, I was told I could use your phone. Oh? I, uh, sorry, I, I can't find mine. Hmm. Okay, here you go. She set the landline phone on the counter, but when I picked it up, I hesitated a moment. Is, is there a problem? <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember the number. Which number is that? A friend's. Oh. Shit. I noticed the woman behind the desk eyeing me suspiciously. Are you okay, ma'am? Yes, I'm fine. You came in with the trucker. The big fella? He gave me a ride, yeah. Do you need a ride home? Is that what this is about? I'm not a fucking hooker. Her mouth fell agape. I guess I came on a bit strong. I didn't need to feel her judging eyes anymore. I didn't say anything of the sort. My car broke down, and I'm just... Having trouble remembering my friend's number. Do you have AAA? No. I have a phone book. We can look up a number for... No! I just need my friend. If we have a problem here... I'm sorry. It's just... It's been a rough night. Hell, a rough week. Her judging eyes slowly transitioned to that of concern. She put her hand on mine. Are you sure you're okay? She motioned to the bruises on my arm. I didn't realize they were there, right in the crevice. I quickly pulled away. Hey, listen! I'm not a fucking druggie either. I just need to get a hold of my friend. I'm sorry to bother you. What town am I in? Are there payphones somewhere else? Obviously, I'm a bother. The closest town is Plummer. Closest? I glanced outside, and that's when I noticed the lack of buildings. Nothing but fields and forest, hills and mountains. He said he was driving to town. The man who gave you a ride? Yeah. The next town is Plummer, about 11 miles north of here. Shit. Really? If you like, I can call you a cab. I don't have any money, any clothes, a phone, anything. And I can't even remember a goddamn number. Where the hell am I anyway? Am I still in Washington? Ma'am, you're in Idaho, south of Coeur d'Alene. I walked to the glass door and peered out. I looked up at the tall sign at the edge of the property. It read, Gunner Inn. Would you like me to call the police and see... Forget it. They could help you get home. No. Maybe... I said no. But if... No. Thank you. I walked across the grass to the road. I looked up and down the old highway. Fuck it. I picked away and started walking. I had no idea what to do or where to go. I didn't need that lady calling the cops. I need to get out of there. It was still early, and 11 miles wasn't horrible, even though I was tired and a little cold. But I folded my arms, hung my head, and pushed forward. What I wouldn't do for a drink right now.
Paralyzed. Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb. Starring Amy LeRae as Roland, Catabelle as Ray, Jack Austin as Jake, Ariel Hack as Michelle, Brian Messick as Captain Hiltz, Mitchell Beck as Ansel, Mark Karoftis as Oliver, Joseph Harmon as Hal, Rachel Stidham as Mayor, Brandon Levine as Ed. Co-starring Christina Lewis, Shoji Bixby, Lindsay Riley, Alexander Dottie, James Brown, Anthony Mayer, Corey Pettit, Kyle Mooney, David Quiqui, Joseph Brzezinski, Monica Ward, and Robert M. Lamb as David. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Eldritch T'Challa of Nemesis Black at ReverbNation.com slash Nemesis Black. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit SevenLamb.com for more audio dramas such as this one. This has been a Seven Lamb production. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 